Isaiah 44, verses 21 through 28. Remember these things, O Jacob and Israel, for you are my servant. I formed you. You are my servant, O Israel. You will not be forgotten by me. I have blotted out your transgressions like a cloud and your sins like a mist. Return to me, for I have redeemed you. Seeing, O heavens, for the Lord has done it. Shout, O depths of the earth. Break forth into singing, O mountains, O forest and every tree in it. For the Lord has redeemed Jacob and will be glorified in Israel. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, who formed you from the womb. I am the Lord Yahweh who made all things, who alone stretched out the heavens, who spread out the earth by myself, who frustrates the signs of liars and makes fools of diviners, who turns wise men back and makes their knowledge foolish, who confirms the word of his servant and fulfills the counsel of his messengers, who says of Jerusalem, she shall be inhabited and of the cities of Judah, they shall be built and I will raise up their ruins. Who says to the deep, be dry. I will dry up your rivers. Who says of Cyrus, he is my shepherd and he shall fulfill all my purpose. Saying of Jerusalem, she shall be built and of the temple, your foundation shall be laid. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, joined once again by the people's favorite, Jennifer McClish. And we're finishing up Isaiah 44 today. And gosh, what an evocative, Mm -hmm. epic passage. Evocative, another big word. A great word. You know, it's not nearly as impressive as whatever you said. (laughs) Magnanimous. Magnanimous. I still have it pulled up. Um, I have never heard that word before yesterday. Or mm. today, but truly magnanimous. Oh, really? Okay. Maybe yeah. I've seen it in a book and yeah, my maybe, eyes have maybe. jumped over it. Yeah, I was like, exactly. I'm not going to say all those ends and A's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. thank you. Okay. Um, and it's why you're the people's favorite. Uh, <laughs> but we're continuing on through Isaiah 44 and this amazing passage of the redemption of God. And right. basically, him decreeing what's the point of all this power and majesty and decree that has been yeah. uh, spoken of about him well it's that he's going to decree the redemption and deliverance of his people so right that shepherd warrior image that's been going on throughout uh we really see that character come into fruition here and um you know i love isaiah uh, 55, where we're going to end this little jaunt through Isaiah. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it ends with a very similar passage of you'll go out in joy, be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth into singing and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Yes. Uh, and it's like this epic, like, <laughs> gosh, I just want to run through a meadow right, with all these singing hills. Yes. Um, and so amazing imagery. The people are tired of me talking. <laughs> Jennifer, what are your thoughts on what the Lord is saying here in Isaiah 44? Again, I just keep thinking of the the smallness of our minds, of us, and just this greatness of God and him declaring that this gospel, this good news is of such a magnitude that <laughs> like, it just goes beyond whatever we can think or mm-hmm. imagine. And he's mm-hmm. really just 
again, trying to like lift us out of this small existence to see what a what a great God we have and how much he loves and the lengths that he's going to to save us and that it's going to be so epic that it's not even us that's redeemed. It's this creation like the world is rejoicing. Um, and I just yeah, it's a lot to think about. It, it would do us um, a great service to sit and meditate on just that alone, like how mm. great God is and how um, a small I think we make the gospel. And it really Absolutely. is so much um, bigger than anything we can imagine. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. And then I think you, when I think that, I think, okay, how am I going to do this? <laughs> but then he actually kind of tells us from the beginning, like, remember like remember all these things. I mean, this is one of the beautiful things about God's word that you can like just keep being reminded of who he is and what he's done and what he said and how all his promises come true and these great deliverances, um, like the deliverance of the people um, in Exodus and how it points to this future deliverance. I mean, it's kind of what it's what Isaiah has been doing in little pockets along the way is just remember, 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 like reminding the people of who God is and what he's done. But then we see that he tells us to return to him. Hmm. So instead of doing all this resisting um, and wallowing and idol making, uh, return to him mm-hmm. and then sing. Um, but these are actually great practices and commands, I think, for us to think just even in our own um, Christian walk to keep us in this kind of transcendent, like understanding of God and yet this personal like living in this glory, you know, mm-hmm. that he has for us instead of kind of retreating to all the, you know, small places that we like to dwell. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, there's a, a couple things that I find interesting. Um, one, this is just kind of an interesting note, but the Lord speaks of like frustrating the signs of liars and making mm-hmm. fools of diviners and wise men. And it made me think of Daniel, which we read recently on ODR. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of Daniel's favorite pastimes was kind of rising up um, above the uh, the Babylonian wise men and mm-hmm. when they had no answer to give the king, Nebuchadnezzar. And uh, the Lord would speak through him something that none of them were able to discern. Mm-hmm. And so Daniel is actually coming in about, a hundred years, 150 years or something like that, mm-hmm. um, further down the line. And so it, it is just kind of interesting to see, like, I don't think that that's like directly prophesying Daniel, but that's like one of these threads that we're going to see through exile and just through the old Testament. Um, and then even through the new Testament up to now is, uh, the Lord's, you know, strong ability and ease to, to flip the wisdom of men and yes. to make wise the simple and to make fools of the wise. And so uh, that that was one thing that stood out to me. But one thing that struck me as particularly interesting is we get a shout out here to a man named Cyrus, mm. um, who king of Persia, he's going to conquer Babylon. Um, and, you know, Cyrus... He he was not an elder at a First Baptist Jerusalem. <laughs> no, <laughs> not a great guy. Um, you know, not someone you'd want leading your community group. Right. And he says he is my shepherd, and you know that that idea of like 
someone being my shepherd, I think like, especially in this context, there's like this very lowly connotation. Mm-hmm. Like if you're like a great Lord and kind of have like your, your palace and, and you know, all your mm-hmm. ruling and reigning that you're doing <laughs> yeah. like 50 rungs down the ladder is going to be the shepherds who are watching your cows and feeding your sheep. Right. And so the Lord is taking this mighty ruler who's really wicked. And um, Cyrus is kind of interesting because he, he holds the people of God captive, but then also kind of like sends them back. Allows them to go back. Um, Yeah. And God is saying like, even these mighty people who seem to like hold the reins on my people. Yeah. I hold the reins on them. Yes. And it reminds me of, when we were going through first Peter and how Peter talks about earthly authorities, like in Jesus filled with the Holy spirit, we can actually look at earthly rulers who are really corrupt, uh, who do not really respect us and are not really on our team, but we can look at them in a way that is completely unthreatened and unworried because we know that our freedom is bought and sealed in the blood. Right. And if our freedom is bought and sealed in the blood, then these kings and rulers who are doing some good stuff and some bad stuff, uh-huh. they're just shepherds on the Lord's farm. You know, right? they're just feeding the cows. No, that's such a good word because I know it's, um, you know, it's so anxiety producing to um, watch the constant news and it's being like designed to foment this kind of anxiety and worry. Mm. I mean, like it's not even, yes, you can find out there's bad things happening in the world. Like the news media is not creating that, but they are creating this, um, sense around it that it's um, so pervasive and has so much p- more power and impact on our lives than it actually does. So that's happening. But then even when it is directly impacting us, to your point, it's like when you look around, does this look like this unfolding history that we see? Um, if we look with our eyes, it doesn't look like, um, you know, the emergence of a of a renewed human race, this kind of glory that God yeah. is... Um, or that Isaiah has been um, telling us is coming, but that's with, um, you know, our own eyes. Like if we look with the eyes of faith, of knowing our great God, knowing that we're chosen, knowing his posture of grace, that he's been so faithful, what he's already accomplished on our behalf and what he's wholly committed to do. Um, And then these little nuggets that like, even these great powerful rulers that we see today on Mm. the world stage, yeah, they're nothing more than shepherds in God's hands. Mm. Um, we're looking with eyes of faith, and we can we can interact with history and people in a way that's um, like we don't have fear. We have absolute confidence in who God is and what He's doing. But even in that, it's like we were talking um, kind of in between the recordings about idolatry and how when you look to idols, which you could say. I mean, a lot of people do treat political rulers and parties um, with idolatry mm. or as idols, you know, like thinking this will save us. Mm. Um, how you become like the idol, like the psalmist tells us that you become blind, you become deaf, yeah. you yeah. you like kind of give yourself over yeah. to an idol. Giving yourself over to idolatry is like walking down the path to being dumber and blinder and mm. um, deafer than you are today. And yet this is the path to walk in a way so that you see, so that you hear, so that you have discernment, you have wisdom. It's like you look to God, your great God, all these things that God's been, or that Isaiah has been telling us, this is to the way. If you want to really look and see and understand what's going on, hear, 
truth, see with discernment, then you need to worship God and you need to hold him um, in the greatest esteem and as your greatest, um, you know, desire. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Like I love that whole motif in the Bible that basically you become more like the things that you worship. Mm -hmm. So if you worship idols that cannot see or hear or perceive, then you slowly, you know, become like that. Yeah. But if you worship a God who's slow to anger and rich in love, who is transcendent yeah. and beautiful, then you begin to bear fruits of the spirit. You, yeah. know, you begin to smell and look like and feel like <laughs> yes. love and joy yes. and peace. And that's something that's so clearly outlined. And, you know, I think that coming back to Isaiah 44 and just the Lord speaking and prophesying, you know, ultimate prosperity, ultimate flourishing over his people and ultimately over his church, that as we worship that God mm -hmm. and as we set our hope in that and not in these novel toys and, you know, the the wood baking bread turned <laughs> yeah. idol. Yeah, yeah. But as, as we set our eyes on that and worship that, um, and this is something I've thought a lot about lately, but there's like this just beautiful gritty resilience that grows yes. up where you can just you can take it you know yeah. you can face tomorrow yeah. you can go through exile you can bear the discipline of the lord knowing yes. that he loves you you can you know endure hardship you can go through sorrow with a deep joy yeah. and through hardship with deep peace um because like, you know what the lord is speaking over you and because you're becoming more like him as you worship him Yes. It's like ballast in your ship. I just think all the people of the earth are mm. going to experience this, this chaotic, tumultuous existence. I mean, this is the state of a fallen world. Mm. And yet people who, um, who love the Lord, who worship him, who um, love his people, they do have this weight about them. Yeah. The, um, a, st a steadiness, like you said, that is like, I think it was like ballast in their ship. It's like, they're still suffering. They're still experiencing the same things as everyone else. And yet there's something shining out of them. That's keeping totally. them from being tossed totally. about in the waves. Yeah. Um, that is truly, um, it's just beauty. It's just a, a beauty that is again, transcendent. It's a reflective of God and nothing else that you would find in the world. Amen. God is just that magnanimous. <laughs> Uh, amen amen, amen. <laughs> well a great word here in isaiah 44 and uh we got a little ways to go through isaiah so we'll see you for jennifer mcclish got ahead of myself yeah this is will carlisle and we'll see you tomorrow on our daily rhythm thanks for listening to our daily rhythm i'm jason dees one of the pastors of christ covenant and our daily rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.